want to learn how to manage your own investments? Are you ready to stop paying investment management fees and start building wealth? The DIY Investing Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, and resources you need to be a better investor. Learn how to make investments through the use of fundamental analysis, mental models, and business management insights. Now, here's your host, value investing expert, Trey Henninger. Hello and welcome to the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. In today's episode, I want to discuss merger arbitrage and how you can make high profits on high certainty bets, especially during times of crisis like we've seen in recent days. Before I get started, I want to make a short request. If you haven't already, please consider taking the time to give this podcast a rating and review. It should take you less than a minute. You can simply hit pause and rate this podcast in your podcast player. Your five-star ratings and short one to two sentence reviews help me to grow the podcast audience because the software for the podcast players depends on ratings in order to recommend the podcast to new show audience members. Thank you for your support. I appreciate you taking the time. This is a great way for you to support the podcast without spending any money to do so. So let's dive right on in. Today we are discussing merger arbitrage. Merger arbitrage is the concept of making money off of previously announced merger agreements. What happens here is a company announces their intent to buy another company. Usually they will announce an acquisition price, let's say $100 per share. At the time of that announcement, what will happen is you will see that the other company has accepted the deal. And so there's a high degree of certainty that anyone who is holding shares will be able to earn, let's say $100 per share. But when that announcement occurs, a stock price doesn't immediately go to $100 a share because what's uncertain is the date at which the merger is completed. When the merger is completed, everyone holding shares of the acquired company will receive cash or a combination of cash and shares or shares in the new company. So there's basically three different types of mergers. There's the ones where the acquirers are using their own shares so that you, you're going to get shares in the new company. They're using a mix of cash and shares, and then they're using just cash. The safest acquisitions to do merger arbitrage in are the ones where you're receiving just cash because it makes it very clear what the number is that you are moving up towards. So if they're being acquired at $100 a share, you know that the price will eventually hit $100. You just don't know the date of the closing. So when this closing occurs, you would receive $100 in cash from the acquiring company if that was the acquisition price. Versus if they acquired you with shares at $100 a share that would convert into their other company, as the share price of the other company changes, the number of shares you receive isn't changing, so the price you're receiving is actually being affected. What you'd like when you're making a merger arbitrage play is to not deal with price fluctuations. And so the easiest ones to do merger arbitrage are these all cash deals. So let's talk about an all cash deal that has been recently announced so I can kind of give a description of how these things play out. So 
On November 24, 2019, Louis Vuitton announced the acquisition of Tiffany & Co. Jewelry Company. And they were going to acquire the company for a combined $16.2 billion, or the equivalent of $135 per share in cash. Now, that announcement was made on November 24th, 2019. Prior to the announcement, Tiffany & Co.'s company was trading for a price of $125 a share on November 22nd, 2019. Immediately following the announcement, on November 25th, the stock price rose to $133.25 per share and subsequently traded at $133 or $134 per share every day um, in the market up until March 2020. Well, in March 2020, some things changed. This is when the coronavirus started hitting broadly in the United States, and you had a large market dislocation. Now, you would expect for companies that are uncertain about future earnings for their stock price to drop as those uncertainties rise. That's what we saw throughout the market. The market price declined, and those uncertainties drove declines in the stock price. What you shouldn't expect to see is declines in a price when the price you would receive is very certain. So investors knew that in the middle of 2020, Louis Vuitton would be acquiring Tiffany & Co. at $135 per share. That meant that the shares were worth no more than $135 per share, but they should not have been worth substantially less than $135 per share either. When people are acquiring the company at $133 or $134 a share, they're arbitraging that difference. That extra dollar or two is the benefit that they get that they would gain for having the money in ca- buying that stock instead of having their money in cash. So if you were to have, you know, $100,000 in stock versus $100,000 in cash, that difference should really match whatever can be earned on a reasonable cash fund. So if you're earning a 1% interest in the bank, you would expect that difference to be no more than 1%. If that difference is more than 1%, it can make a lot of sense to have that money just holding Tiffany stock instead of cash during that time period, assuming you believe the merger is likely to go through. Now, this is one example. There are hundreds of these type of merger arbitrage opportunities that arrive each and every other year. And what you'll see here is is that sometimes the returns can be substantial and very attractive. And that's what we see today. So I'm recording this podcast on April 18th, 2020. And currently the stock price for Tiffany & Co. is $129 per share and 15 cents. This means that there is a gap of about $6 per share between the current price of $129 and the acquisition price of $135 per share. This represents a difference of 4.5%. So there's an almost guaranteed 4.5% return by buying Tiffany & Company stock today and simply holding it until the stock is acquired some point in later 2020. So how much is a guaranteed 4.5% return? Well, first we have to realize this isn't an actual guaranteed 4.5% chance of return. There's always the possibility that the acquisition fails to close and that 
Louis Vuitton decides to cancel the acquisition or they choose to change the acquisition price or something along those lines. It's even possible for previously agreed acquisitions for there to be a higher price agreed to in the future if competition comes into the fold. But there are relative relative things here. You have to understand that some mergers are going to be more likely than others. Some are going to be more likely to cancel when um, concerns show up. Some are going to be more likely to renegotiate price. It's going to depend upon a lot on reputation risk. It's going to depend a lot on financing risk. So just like when you're buying or selling a house and you are agreeing to purchase a house, there's con- you can choose to waive or not waive conditions. And that's conditions like an inspection. You can waive the inspection or you can have a financing condition. And so what you're doing when you generally agree to a mortgage or to purchase a house, you might have a financing condition, which means I agree to buy this house as long as I can get a loan. And so if I can't get a loan, that allows me to back out of the contract. Or I I agree to buy the house at $300,000, assuming it passes inspection so that you can do an inspection. And if it doesn't pass inspection, you can get out of the contract. This is the sort of thing where you have these conditions built into these contracts. The same can be true in a merger agreement. The difference is, is that in a merger agreement, usually the acquiring company is going to have to pay a large breakup fee. So if they choose to not execute the agreement, they're going to have to pay a large fee to the acquired company in order to compensate them for accepting the contract. And the other piece here is is that the larger these companies are, the more brand-focused these companies are, which is very true for a company like Tiffany & Co. and very true for a company like Louis Vuitton, very brand-focused companies. They make their entirety of their profits off of brand um, and the idea that they represent high quality, they represent luxury, they represent Um, having made it in life. So reputation risk is very big for companies like this. So for this type of company, we'd consider it a very low risk of the merger not going through. Um, It's merely meant to point out that there are these differences here. So when we have a very low risk 4.5% return for this merger arbitrage, that's very attractive. That's basically saying you could buy Tiffany stock today and maybe three months from now, you'll you'll receive a four and a half percent return in three months, which is equivalent to a 15 or 16 or 17 percent return on an annualized basis. That's very attractive. Um, This should not exist in the market. And the only reason it exists right now is because of our liquidity concerns, because of the shutdowns in the economy, because of the idea that There's now concern that either the merger won't go through or that even if the merger does go through, that people are valuing cash substantially higher than they're able to receive in the market today. So the central banks might have pushed the value of cash to earning 0% interest rates in the market price, but people with their actions are choosing to value cash much higher. And in this case, people are valuing cash at a rate of 15 to 20% per year, because if they are not, if they think their cash is worth less than 15% a year, then they probably should have bought or should be buying Tiffany & Co. stock, because you could earn maybe a 15% annualized rate on your cash if you were to buy the stock today. So 
why I chose Tiffany & Co. is not to talk about this 4.5% return until closing. Instead, what I want to talk about is what was the return during the worst of this market crash when everyone was freaking out and demanding cash and liquidity? During the peak of this liquidity crash in, 28, in March 2020, Tiffany & Co.'s price got to below $112 per share, but simply to make it easy and, and to discuss, we're going to use $112 per share, which it reached below on March 18th, 2020, to discuss what this price suggested. At $112 per share, there was 20.5% upside for buyers of the stock into the closing. So here we had a stock that three or four months out had a near guarantee of a 20% return. On an annualized basis, we're talking about 70 to 80% annualized returns for people who are willing to step into the market and buy Tiffany stock when everyone else was freaking out. This was not by a speculation on a company needing earnings to grow. This was not speculation on a highly leveraged company. This was not speculation on a retailer that you never know when they were going to open up again. This wasn't having to speculate on airlines. You didn't have to speculate on cruise lines. You didn't have to speculate on movie theaters in order to get this 70% plus annualized return. Instead, all you had to do was understand that Tiffany & Co., which had previously traded at $134 a share, very close to its $135 a share acquisition price, was now trading at $112 a share. You had 20%, 20 20.5% upside simply by buying a company that had already agreed to be acquired, a company whose shareholders had already approved the acquisition, a company whose the acquiring company had already found the financing to make the acquisition go through. And both companies were highly invested with reputational risk. This was basically as close as you could get to a guaranteed return in the marketplace. And yet it was being offered at a 70% plus annualized rate of return because of the liquidity concerns in the market. All you had to do to lock in this return was enter the market when everyone else was freaking out. To enter the market when people were trying to bring and fill their portfolios with cash at the highest moment where it was needed. So is it possible for you to do this? And I think it is. I think the key point here is is you need to understand what you need. The first thing you need is to understand when mergers are taking place and to create a list of the different mergers which you might be interested in as an arbitrage situation depending upon how the price develops. And this is very easy to do. Typically, large major mergers are announced. You'll get those announcements over CNBC if you follow news releases. Um for just investments, stuff like Seeking Alpha's news briefs um, or any other types of news briefs, mergers and acquisitions are almost always a headline. You're going to see these headlines. Anytime you see an acquisition headline, write it down, add it to a spreadsheet, note the acquisition price, note the position 
acquisition date. And then you can use those numbers to understand what the expected annualized rate of return is for buying the stock. And that's going to change over time and just make a limit. Maybe you're willing to go into merger situations when they offer greater than a 10% annualized rate of return or greater than a 20% annualized rate of return. These market dislocations are relatively rare, but sometimes they exist. It used to be this was a huge area where hedge fund managers and private equity and and investors like Warren Buffett used to make a lot of money doing mergers and acquisitions and basically these workout situations where they're special situations These aren't supposed to happen, but they do. They exist. And for people with money who recognize that, they go into the money and all you have to do is wait. And it's as close to you can get as guaranteed money that doesn't come from a U.S.-backed treasury. But of course, you have to evaluate it. So that's the first step. The second step is you need to be able to evaluate whether the acquisition is going to go through. What are the risks? So again, you need to think about, is there reputational risk involved? Is there a large breakup fee? is are there government regulatory approvals that are required? Is it likely those approvals are made? Um, Is there financing risk? Are shareholders likely to approve the merger? And as each of these items is checked off the list, the odds of the acquisition increases. So as each one of these items is checked off, it should become more and more likely that The acquisition goes through, which means the price of the stock should get closer and closer to the acquisition price. If it's not, you should evaluate that, and it might mean that an opportunity is presenting itself. So first, you need a list of the acquisitions. Second, you need to understand what the chances of the acquisition are going through. And third, and this is the hardest one, you need conviction. You need a conviction to go into the market and understand that you're right. You need the courage to put your money at work when you believe these acquisitions are going to through, you have the data to back it up, you've done the research, and you need to be able to provide liquidity to the market when the market is asking for it. That's the only thing that was happening here with Tiffany & Co. This was not a company that was at risk of not being acquired. This is a very valuable company. It's a very high quality company on its own without any acquisition very solid earnings, very reliable brand, um, and luxury brands are incredibly valuable. Tiffany's one of those companies with some of the highest sales per square foot on a retail store basis in the world. Basically, Apple's the only one that can compete with them. That's because they sell such high volume of uh, iPhones all the time. But what you need to think about here is is that this isn't easy because there's a reason that it happened. Everyone was freaking out and everyone wanted cash. What happens with these merger arbitrage situations is you're exchanging your cash for additional cash at a future time. You're basically lending cash to the market, but instead of lending it in the form of bonds, you're lending it in the form of to other equity holders who need cash now instead of more cash later. But it's like you're receiving an interest rate on a zero coupon bond. You're only going to get your money back when the acquisition occurs. But it means if there are dislocations in the price, your returns could be huge during that period of time. 
So this is a thing that something that you can do. This is something you can work, watch out for. There's other mergers that happen all the time. One of the ways that I like to follow along with the mergers is I follow certain Twitter accounts that help me to pay attention to um, these acquisitions. Um, one of the ones that I like is at Invest Special. This is Special Situation Investments. They have the website Special Situations Investments, Special Situation Investments.com. They post every once in a while about different mergers that are occurring and discuss how you could make money from different very arbitrage situations. Now, these upsides might be low. They might be 4%, 5%, 10%, 15%. But over time, you can create a nice portfolio of different arbitrage situations, and it can be a good supplement to parts of your portfolio as you look into this. So I think that's one interesting thing for you to consider. Um, there's various bloggers out there that do that, but I think that's one that I like is at Invest Special or specialsituationinvestments.com. So I think I've covered all of the main points for merger arbitrage except for one. And that one is debt or margin. Now historically, one of the ways in which hedge funds would leverage these opportunities is they would see, okay, there's a 10% annualized return if I were to buy this special situation today. And I'm going to buy in with, you know, five times leverage. As long as I can borrow at 5%, I'm going to earn 10%. That'll give me a huge additional return because I'm able to leverage that opportunity up. I do not recommend this. I do think it works for hedge funds because they have certain agreements and they're able to receive borrowing costs that are lower than what you're able to receive. And they're in a different situation in terms of being prevented from um, being hit by the same margin calls you're likely to be hit. The other concern is market dislocations like I talked about are likely to result in those margin calls and prevent you from actually acting on these arbitrage situations. So focus on using this as a cash position. This is a supplement to your cash position. It's a way to earn additional returns on cash um, and allow you to earn a premium from providing liquidity to the marketplace. Basically, one of the things that Warren Buffett has monetized to a large degree in the past is being able to provide liquidity to a market that doesn't have any. This is how he made so much money in 2007, 2008. He was able to put a lot of money into banks that were unable to access liquidity, and he earned high rates of returns by receiving equity and warrants at very low prices because no one else was willing to lend. So if you're willing to lend to the market in situations which you've already evaluated in advance, you'll be able to make quick decisions and have the courage and liquidity to earn a premium on your returns. So that's all for this podcast today. Um, in summary, remember there are four things that you need to understand on these. First and foremost, you need a list of the different special situations. I encourage you to build that up over time as you see headlines come out about different mergers and to put them in a spreadsheet and track them. Second, you need to evaluate those mergers in advance. You need to understand the likelihoods of the prices and the different hurdles that need to be met to go through that. Third, you need liquidity and conviction to go into the market when the opportunity exists 
to give you a sufficient return on your money. Most of the time, you're not going to be able to do that from a merge arbitrage. But when the times come, your returns can be outstanding. And fourth and fourth, but not lap, but definitely not the least important, is avoid debt and margin. Margin can get you in trouble. When you're providing liquidity to the marketplace, don't make the mistake of trying to leverage that return because it will simply open you up to higher risk and potential failure in the future. So thank you for listening to this podcast. The full show notes for this episode, including my outline for today's podcast, are available at diyinvesting.org slash episode 74. Remember, this is a listener-supported podcast. If you gain value from today's content, please consider supporting the show financially as a patron. All I ask is that the lowest level of support for this show is a dollar per show. You can support the show at a dollar per show at diyinvesting.org slash patron. And if you do so, you will gain access to my business quality reports where I post reports on individual companies about the quality of their business model. So thank you for listening. And until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. Thank you for listening to the DIY Investing Podcast. Please visit our website and subscribe to our email list at DIYinvesting.org for guides, videos, and resources to help make you a better investor. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Hinegar, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.